Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hospitals were the first front lines during the spread of COVID-19. When infected patients flood into a hospital, everyone is potentially at risk. Once the virus spreads to healthcare workers, hospital staff, and patients, you have an outbreak on your hands. It's up to the people who work in infection prevention and control to stop that from happening. People like Dr. Susie Hoda, who's dedicated her career to getting ahead of any threats that could infect a Toronto hospital. Hi, I'm Matt Gordon from the TV show Nurses. This is Notes from the Frontline, a podcast telling personal stories from the heart of the pandemic. Today in the podcast, Dr. Hoda shares what it's like so to have the health Susie of a hospital Hota. on your shoulders I'm an infectious disease and how people physician. can continue to stay and safe my area as the situation is changes. Infection prevention and control. So I'm the medical director of infection prevention and control at the University Health Network. So, you know, there are very few of us that go into this special branch of infectious diseases called infection prevention and control. But, um, you know, preparing for a pandemic is one of the reasons why you go into it. You know, it's one of those exciting events that you think will probably never happen in your lifetime. But wow, there's so much to think about in terms of preparing for it, trying to you know, get a whole hospital or system through it safely. I got into it with my eyes wide open. So I thought, I mean, reality is always quite different from when you're preparing for something in theory, but I got into it when I decided this was what I wanted to do with my life. The moment things began, I was already kind of positioned to take on a role helping to manage uh, the hospital and, and kind of guide through the pandemic at the very beginning. So it was over the, the winter holidays and I had guests over and, uh, you know, we were busy, I think, having a games night or something like that. And I happened to turn to my phone as I often do to see what was going on. And it was this report about this cluster of unidentified pneumonias in Wuhan, China. And uh, I remember reading that first report and immediately getting that little lurch in the stomach and that sort of, ooh, this doesn't sound good feeling. Um, and I think maybe it is just, you know, those of us in this field have a bit of a sense of what it is that we always kind of postulated would be the beginning of an event like this. You know, um, something new looked like it was related to exposures to animals. And we know that, you know, two thirds of these emerging infectious diseases come from animals and jump into humans. Just the, the sort of the sense around that report kind of got me immediately interested. So within a few days from there, I definitely sent out a, an alert email to my department just to make sure everyone was aware and also to the leads of our emergency departments at my hospital to make sure everyone was still doing the kind of screening that we've always had in place that's related to travel and symptoms um, and to make sure everyone knew about what was going on. So that was the first kind of, I guess, since I had something was going on.
I never felt panic through this. I, I have not felt panic. And, you know, I guess we all react to these things differently. For me, it was sort of like razor sharp focus. That's how I cope with these, these events. I try to just think about what do I need to really prioritize right now? You know, what, what do I have to do to get through the next 24 to 48 hours? And then in moments of quiet, like what else can I think about for the future? But I think, like I said, looking back, it's not, not helpful in those situations. Um, and I was really lucky. I have a very supportive husband and I've got two young kids at home. He was at home and with the children and I didn't have to worry about what was going on with the kids or what time I was going to get home. And, you know, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? Um, I was able to to put those thoughts aside um, and, and it was a huge help and it still is a huge help having that kind of support. I'll be honest, uh, when I was even in medical school, I didn't really know anything about this line of work. I didn't realize that there was a whole department in each hospital that really focused on this area. As I learned more about it, it was just fascinating because it sort of, what it allows me to do is take the clinical knowledge that I have and I can still see patients, you know, uh, right now with the pandemic, I've had to put that aside, unfortunately, and I am really missing that. Um, but uh, but I do get to see patients and, and help them on the individual level. But what I do in infection prevention and control is more large scale kind of policy related work for the hospital. Um, so it's really our mandate is to prevent the development of infections in people who are in the hospital. So you come for your knee surgery. Um, you know, we're trying to put the, the measures in place and, and help people do the right thing so that you don't end up, you know, getting an infection while you're here that ends up, you know, putting you through all kinds of, of things you didn't need to experience and prolong your hospital stay. So, so we try to prevent the development of infections and also the transmission of infections within the hospital environment. In my job, I get to work with almost everyone in the hospital, really, it really kind of touches all corners of the hospital. And I've learned a ton about how a hospital runs, as well as I have that clinical insight as to what, you know, a patient would need and what, you know, doctors and nurses um, are doing and thinking about. A lot of what we recommend is about behavior change. It's actually not necessarily something that you learn in theory. There's not a lot of science behind some of what we do to prevent infections. It's about how we do things. And it's uh, reducing the risk, the overall risk. So that's another part of it that can be a little bit difficult for people to grasp is that a lot of the times there's no black and white. There's no 100% effective way. There's no you know, really evidence-based way to try and approach something. It's This looks like it probably has some effect it's also acceptable to people and it's probably the most uh, efficient way to do it. So let's try it, you know, so that we can reduce the risk of infection. It's extremely difficult. I mean, that's at the crux of a lot of these hard decisions that are being made, right? You know, the big question right now is, do we make masking mandatory and at what level, right? And a lot of that is about behavior change and, and saying something's mandatory is making a statement. And this is my opinion, my view on it. And there are many different views and they're all legitimate views. And that's that's great. Um, but, you know, the way I see it is when you're dealing with so many different people, with so many different drivers and motivators, having a very clear kind of definitive stance helps overall. It's not going to convince everybody. You still have to supplement that with things that are going to promote that, you know, educating people on how to use their masks well and why you're doing it and what the overall risks are and things like that and having clear messaging around it. I think 
this is a really tricky stage because it feels like things are lightening up. We've been in it for long enough that we're all getting a little exhausted with the restrictions and it's not going to necessarily be a smooth okay, we can we can continue to progress through the phases of reopenings, you know, uh, in a sequence like that, there may be hiccups and we might have to back, you know, backtrack a little bit here and there. And that's going to be really hard for people to accept. I think that's a reality we all have to be prepared for. And related to that, you know, you, I think we all experience some degree to, of burnout with this kind of thing. It's like the restriction burnout. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that, you know, people have to really take care of themselves. That's how you're going to get through it. So it's often when things start to get a little bit better and you get a bit of relief that you start thinking about how you truly feel about what's been happening to you. And this becomes a time, I think, when people are most vulnerable for to, to being more in touch with their feelings and, and, and realizing how, how difficult it's been for them. So take care of yourself. Be aware of what your reactions are and why you feel that way. Um, and, and look out for each other that way. I think our wellness is a really important piece to look at right now. What I think of as sort of the unsung heroes of these kinds of events, it's all the people behind the scenes, environmental services workers who are working so hard to keep the hospital clean. And we demand so much of them, you know, like in my department, we have an issue and I'm automatically, you know, on email or on the phone asking, can you do this extensive cleaning right now? I know you're short staffed, please, can you? And and they do it. They do such an amazing job of it. Um, you know, the lab folks, oh my goodness, all of this testing that we're doing for COVID and that's on top of everything else that they need to do to help people continue to provide healthcare. I mean, they, they do a huge amount of work and I think it's people don't really recognize that. And then our counterpart, for example, in infection control where, you know, we're behind the scenes preventing infections and in patients and then there's occupational health and safety trying to keep our staff safe. And those are just some examples of the many, many people who work here that, um, you know, we just don't know about uh, in the public all the time. There have been several occasions where the gravity of things kind of hit you. So one of them would be, I've got a five-year-old and eight-year-old right now at home, uh, and they've been lovely and they've been so great through all of this, you know, entertaining themselves, being creative, um, just really amazing. And one day I came home after a tough day and I'd seen my, at the time, seven-year-old had taken an old t-shirt and cut it out and like made her own mask. And this was early days of the pandemic, really. And at the time when, like, my my uh, statement was, you know, there's no reason for the general public to be wearing masks. We don't have any evidence that it's going to help us at this point. You know, right now, let's try to keep masks for where they're needed in healthcare. But she was wearing that. And I was a bit baffled and also kind of struck by, like, wow, this really is affecting all of us, like them too, um, because she doesn't watch the news. You know, she doesn't see or hear about this stuff. I When I come home, I'm mom. I'm not you know, Dr. Susie Hota, I'm mom. And I, uh, you know, I'm just there to be silly with my girls. And and yet, you know, she somehow picked up on a lot of this. And uh, so, yeah, it was just one of those statements where, again, early in, in early days of the pandemic, I felt like, wow, this is affecting all of us. And this is about all of us. And so you have to think about how it's affecting everybody. 
And then I guess the final thing is we're talking about, like I'm thinking from my perspective here in Toronto and Canada, you know, this is what the experience has been, but there are many parts of the world right now that are facing really awful waves of COVID at the moment, and they have far fewer resources than we do. And so supporting other international organizations and NGOs that help to care for people with COVID across the world, like Médecins Sans Frontières and Doctors Without Borders or other groups, there are many of them that are helping in different countries where they don't have the resources. I think we need to think globally about this. We'd like to thank Dr. Hoda for sharing her story with us. Thank you to her, her team, and everyone working behind the scenes to keep us all safe. Thanks for listening to Notes from the Frontline. We have more stories from nurses, doctors, and volunteers coming up this season of the podcast, but we are always looking for more. If you or someone you know has a powerful personal story about or related to a frontline worker, please go to our website at entertainmentonepodcast.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, feel free to give us a rating or leave us a review, or just share this story with someone who might appreciate it. This episode was produced by Kimberly Hackuman, Adrian Muhajarin, and Allison Bruff. Once again, I'm Matt Gordon. Notes from the Frontline is brought to you by Entertainment One with the support of Global TV, the cast of Nurses, and ICF Films. If you're in Canada, stream season one of Nurses now on the Global TV app. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.